Welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast with Ryan Cote, where we feature casual conversations with entrepreneurs about personal development and growth. Hey, Preston. Welcome to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. How's it going? Amazing, Ryan. Thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. We've had good conversation pre-record, so let's keep it going. Why don't you tell my audience of Morning Upgraders who you are, what you do for a living, and then something you're grateful for right now. Oh, gosh. Christmas, New Year's, got to spend time with family. I'm grateful for the family, brother. I'm grateful to have a life that affords me time and energy and ability to spend time with my four and six-year-old kid and my beautiful wife. And you want morning routine, too? What do you do? Give everyone a sneak peek into what you do for a living. Sure, yeah. Uh, I specialize. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm an economist by trade. And uh, I specialize in automating, scaling companies and, and now setting up investments and you know, I've broken into the coaching world this last year, so I get to work with a lot of young entrepreneurs as well. But most of my business is grabbing disorganized, disenfranchised organizations and reorganizing them. What made you get into the coaching business? I noticed that a lot of men and women who become successful in, in business, they eventually get into some sort of coaching. Is it, is it giving back? Is it something else? In your, in, through your lens, why, why did you get into coaching too? I wanted something to do that fulfilled me. Anytime that somebody turns a wound of their own into a they've healed it and now you can help other people and i i had several businesses i mean most people that have a business it's like having a child right and if you have a kid you know start having some success with that kid and maybe you start here and there the last thing you should do is go have another kid like don't don't be a shitty father and have like six more kids to to make it better right well i became that guy with seven businesses and i was a crap parent to all of them and i had different partnerships different this different that and i, I built this formula eventually mastered it over the years where I was automating them and getting myself out of this and starting getting time with my family again. And, and it was cool. It was fulfilling. So I, I bought this like distressed home building company and in a few years turned it from something that was losing money. They actually paid me to take it. It was that bad to something that was cranking out. I, I think this last year we made 9 million net on it. And so it's a, a very healthy business at four years old. And I, I got bored. I got bored. I was like, wow, that was really easy. And if you go to any insurance company worth their salt, they say, hey, when a man retires, that's two years from being dead. And so we need a purpose. And so I got into coaching and I started playing on social media and started helping other people that had gone through what I'd gone through because I'm 40 years old. I'm not the 60, 70, 80 year old guy that's ready to go hit the rocking chair and push up daisies. You still have the home remodeling business. You're just running that in parallel to the coaching. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I, I have uh, 18 automated companies right now. And how'd you learn how to do all that? Like 18 companies automating it. Did you learn from someone or is it was a mentorship or just experience? I have to say both. I mean, look, I had some of the greatest mentors, I, I think, on the planet, like, like bar none, and still have them. But at the same time, like there's no substitute for experience. Repetition is the mother of all excellence. So you have to continue rinse and repeat every time that you get the data to show you right or wrong. Well, you know, wrong is a great lesson and you got feedback. You learn something right is, hey, let's repeat this over and over again. And so the experience coupled with the mentorship and the courage to take action, I built a formula and it's a real simple formula and anyone can have it. Like anybody that wants the formula, I've got a couple of documents and go to my website. I'll literally send them everything on that. And that'll, I think, save us a lot of time of spending the next hour or two going over that. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, we'll definitely, we'll, at the end, we'll wrap up with, you know, sharing your website where they can get that. Um, and I know we want to talk about the seven stages of entrepreneurship. Before we go that route, 
let's talk about your morning. I know you don't have a morning routine because your your schedule is very much in flux, and so you you have more of like a daily routine. Walk us through that. What are your what does your routine look like? My routine is built around what I call the four cores of the human experience: faith, family, fitness, and finance. And a great way to use this analogy is if you hold up your hand, kind of tuck in your thumb, and you look at four fingers on your hand, each finger is not the same as the other, but they're all tethered to one another. And if progress equals happiness, and you elevate that hand, kind of lifting it up and up and up, each of these things went up together, even though they weren't the same thing. They were tethered by the hand. Well, a lot of times in life, we get anchored somewhere. We might get anchored in faith or self-confidence or family and our current relationships, fitness, our health, our energy. Like, I don't care how much money you're making in finance, you've got stage four cancer, you're not thinking about the money. And so the anchor in one becomes that point that you need to solve the problem for to elevate all of the others and the one that you're correcting. And so I go through and I I do a morning routine or a daily routine, basically, where which which ever area of the world I'm in at that moment, whether I'm in the Maldives or whether I'm in Rio Doso, New Mexico or El Paso, Texas, I, I sit there and I, I do just a little meditation, kind of go through this faith, family, fitness, finance, and about an hour a day, man. And, you know, you're doing some working out, doing some reading, doing some, just plugging in. And you find where you're weakest and you solve that problem. And then whatever problem you find, whatever's the largest problem in those four areas, solve that one. Each frog's early, each frog's often. If you don't do that, they breed, and then you have a lot more of them. You're saying your routine is spending an hour in those four areas, family, family, finance, fitness. And what was the fourth one? Faith, 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 family, fitness, finance. Faith can be best described as certainty, the way you show up. It's not necessarily a religious thing. It's how much you believe. I mean, if you look at the word believe, be is being and leave is love. So be yeah. love. Like, like, are your beliefs healthy or negative? You know, and then family, it's, it's your relationships, whether it's your wife, your kids, your friends, your peers, people you don't even know yet. How are you looking at people? How are you judging? How are you blaming? I look at blame as an acronym, being lazy and making excuses. I mean, what if you look at somebody, you put judgment on them, you don't know them. Man, you've got a problem with the way that you handle your family stuff. Then there's fitness. Fitness is, you know, I'm 40 years old. I got more abs on me now than I had when I had a beer gut at 20. You know, like I, I want to keep myself in shape. So like that that hour, I'm doing something. I'm moving. Like I've got like either free weights or, you know, whatever. And then faith, family, fitness, finance. Like on the finance side, I might be like reading a book, like looking at, some mentor that's no longer here. Like you can go read about John D. Rockefeller. You can read about Steve Jobs. You can read about what made these men great. Go find somebody you admire and learn about them. And whether you just contemplate on what you need to do to solve problems or whether you go research something that can better you, it doesn't matter. You hit all four cores in an hour. Have you ever been, have you ever been, always been this driven? I mean, I know, I know, was, was there a catalyst that, 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 you know, changed everything for you? I know your, I know your life changed when your dad passed away in 2019, but from what I understand, you were driven way before then. So was it born into you? Was there something that happened that you just go, it's like a light bulb turning on? Anything come to mind? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was, it was definitely still dad. Uh, you know, my dad decided when I was seven years old, he was going to go and he was going to do the American dream thing, open a business. And he was genius, man. Member of Mensa. He was six foot four, big guy, like tough, brilliant, wow. awesome. He was a star football player. And he opened his business, worked countless hours in this little shed next to our trailer in Texas. And uh, he didn't know how to build, didn't know how to collect, didn't know how to charge. And one day I got to be the charity piece when that fight happened. And fights never happen in my house, but you know, you don't get paid, you don't collect, you don't charge. <laughs> Eventually money gets scarce. If you're already living in a trailer, there ain't a lot of savings, right? And so yeah. mom got mad, the cast iron frying pan flies across the room. And I don't remember all the words, but I do remember her saying this, a real man can feed his family, collect what you're owed or don't come home. 
And I rode up to this man's house, this little like pipsqueak of a man. My dad could have killed him with a napkin. I knew it was going to happen. Like he walked up and I knew he was going to demand what we were owed. We we're going to collect our money. We we're going to go get the groceries. We we're going to go home. Right? Uh, demanding went to asking, asking went to begging and groveling, groveling went to compromising. And when you compromise, you're comping a promise. And, and I, I watched my hero give up on his dreams of financial success and freedom so that he mm. could stay my mother's husband and stay my father. And I watched that sacrifice and I didn't care in that moment if I had to be hated, feared, or loved. I, I knew I'd never compromise. Hmm. That's a powerful story. All right. Well, I want to talk about the seven, seven stages of entrepreneurship. But we're a 15, 20 minute show. This does, so this might be the last question, but we'll see. We'll see how quickly we make through the seven stages. I have a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast. So I definitely want to get this information in their hands or in their earbuds, I should say. So why don't you take us through that? You know, what, what are the seven stages of entrepreneurship? Oh, this is so critical. Yeah. Okay. Seven stages of entrepreneurship. Okay. And, and basically the premise for this, and I think it helps anyone who uses it. So you want an extra million to $10 million a year? please pay attention to this, take notes, is you have to know what stage you're in. Most entrepreneurs are doing the right thing. They're just doing the right thing at the wrong stage, which the right thing at the wrong stage is the wrong thing, right? So your first stage is a non-start. This is a person with a mindset issue. And if you have a mindset issue, they call it a mindset because you set it. No different than you set your watch, right? You have to go out and you have to figure out what's holding you back emotionally. Is it a faith, family, fitness, finance? It's holding you back. What's crippling your mindset? That's stage one. Once you overcome mindset, the next area of behaviors in entrepreneurship is the startup, the startup business. And, and you know, if you're in a non, you can't do startup things. If you're a startup, you can't do the next level or the next level. The startup has to go out and customize everything. They have to find out who their customer is. You know, in that stage where your revenue is somewhere between a hundred grand a year and three million a year, you're figuring out. Who do I serve? What do I need to do to serve them? How do I become the best in my industry? And you have to become incredibly exceptional. And the problem with being exceptional is if the engine in your car made an exception, well, guess what? You'd never make it to the grocery store. That's a very optimized machine that you have in the vehicle. And so to get past startup, you need to become very exceptional and find out who are your target customers and then rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, which gets you to the next stage, which is operational entrepreneur. Now, operational entrepreneur, these are the guys, they have a very different problem that they need to solve. They've gone through startup. They've found the right customers. They got rewarded by finding the right customers. So now they kept finding more customers, more customers. And they kept being exceptional. And we need to get them out of being exceptional, which was what rewarded them in startup and into optimization. We need to actually shrink them a little bit from the amount of customers they have and get them into, hey, you have these two, three, four target customers that you know exactly how to meet their needs. We're going to optimize your machine, and we're going to get you rolling. Operational entrepreneur optimizes. Next, we get into the stage of entrepreneur. Now, everybody says the word entrepreneur, but they don't know what it means. Entrepreneur means you're free. That means you've got a business that runs itself. You've gone out because of the optimizations you were doing in the operational entrepreneur to shrink and regrow with the right customer. You now have gone and in the entrepreneur phase you've added a team it's no longer a spectator sport it's no longer just you you've brought in you know maybe a secretary maybe a salesman maybe this that the other you've got a team and your business is running itself but the problem is you have generally the same revenue you have generally the same income but you have a lot of expenses because your software and all your team those things cost money so operational entrepreneur to entrepreneur you have the same revenue but you took a pay cut because now you have new costs so you need to learn scaling okay and Everybody tries to scale everything at once and they fail. I mean, if you want to scale your brand, 
okay? Scaling your brand will scale your pricing. Well, that's great. One leads to the other. But if you're in that operational entrepreneur going to entrepreneur, you probably don't need to scale your brand yet. You just need to scale sales because you've increased capacity by increasing all the people on your team. It's no longer a spectator sport. It's now a team sport. So let's just scale sales. So you increase sales. Then now you have money, you have revenue coming in. Now you increase brand. Now you increase pricing. That is increased margins. Then you go back to, okay, well, let's scale this. So it's, it's this kind of cycle of scaling. What do I scale now to get to the next scale point? After you've gone through entrepreneur and you've learned scaling, you've become what's called an operational megapreneur because you've scaled, 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 scaled. And now you're making a lot of money, but you're back to being a slave. Only you're a slave. Like, so I was a home flipper and I became a home builder. That was one of the ways we scaled. There's pivots when you go from operational entrepreneur to entrepreneur to operational megapreneur. It's a lot easier to build a home. It's a check from the ground up. Whereas a flip home, it's an onion. You're peeling back layers and then putting them back, right? So you become more efficient in this operational megapreneur. But now you've scaled so big, you have more debt, you have all these things, and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to get people that are at my level. And this is where you really start bringing in your professional management team. Generally, probably starting with a CFO, COO, CEO. You know, I see all these businesses, they have 10 people and they go get a chief executive officer. (laughs) Wrong. A chief executive officer works with executives. Go get your operations officer. Maybe even hire a director of operations before you get that guy. Get your CFO, your financial officer. And and you go one at a time, and that gets you into Megapreneur. Megapreneur has a new problem. It's called taxes. And you realize you have a new business partner that loves to regulate you and take 40% of your shit. Well, getting to this stage, you're like, wow, I built all this to give half of it away, and I still maintain 100% of the risk. Not fair. And that's where you learn the next stage, which is investor philanthropist. And that's where you learn about all of the different tax hedges and shelters and opportunities where you can take your revenue, your income, invested in things the government needs done, make huge returns, and not pay taxes anymore. That's why they say the rich don't pay their fair share. The fact is they do it legally. That is the seven stages, brother. Wow. Excellent. I think I, I, think I got it all. So mindset, startup stage, operational optimization, becoming an entrepreneur, scaling, becoming an operational megapreneur, and then tax optimization. I think that there was seven if I, if I was getting them correctly. That was excellent. Yeah. Is that the handout you have on your site that you mentioned before? Oh, no, I, I give way, I'll, I'll give way more than that. Go through the site, message us. We give you the actual problem-solving formula. It's sort of like the four Fs, like that faith, family, fitness, finance. Only in your business, you need to measure culture, clarity, capacity, and cash. So finance literally has this business formula. And any problem you have, is a gift. I mean, the biggest problem we have these days, we think we shouldn't have any freaking problems. So the problems are the gifts, man. They lead you to the solutions. And what is a sale? It's somebody paying you to solve their problems. So I, I send the whole formula, every one of the documents behind culture, clarity, capacity, cash. We, we give it away free. I mean, if if you want coaching on it, like which I highly recommend, our coaching system's good. You get me and my mentors, affordable, like two grand a year. You can do it every Friday. Go to my website, sign up for that. You can get the documents and get coached on it. Or just like message me on social media, I'll send you the documents. I'm going to ask you for your website, but I do have one last question for you. You've got like another minute left, and I, I really want to ask you this. I've been asking it for most of my guests recently. It's a personalized question, you know, through through your experience and through your your 40 years on this planet, through the lens of Preston Brown. What is the meaning of life? Oh God, it's love, bro. Love is by far the meaning of life. One hundred thousand percent. It is, it is love. In fact, if, if you go through my documents, you'll look at culture. And uh, there's culture, culture documents all about how to bring love into business uh, w- without compromising cash flow or anything else. And, and we're here for a very short time. You need to have a purpose. You need to go and heal. Learn what you came here to learn. 
heal the wounds that you have, turn them into scars, go help others, and just spread love and joy. Don't get bought into the narratives out there. There's too many of them. And frankly, none of them that are outside of love have any value or purpose. Like that. You know, and you know, I, I get to hear that answer a lot. And I've been hearing love as the answer to meaning of life more and more lately, you know, 120 something episodes in. So I think there's something there for everyone listening. You know, think about that. And thanks for sharing, Preston. Appreciate everything. If someone wants to connect with you, where should we send them? You can connect with me on any of my social medias. They're all the Preston Brown. And then my website is www.thepreston.brown. And love to hear from you. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Morning Upgrade Podcast. Please subscribe and review. And don't forget to visit us at morningupgrade.com for more content. <laughs>